Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Ooh, you're in for a good one today because we're going to talk about sex and specifically the female orgasm. We're going to learn some really great tips from our guest, Vanessa Marin. Vanessa is a licensed psychotherapist, coach, and writer here to help you stop feeling embarrassed and start having more fun in the bedroom. She studied human sexuality at Brown University and has been featured in publications like the New York Times, CNN, oh, the Oprah Magazine, the Times of London, and Real Simple, which I love all of those. Whether in her work coaching clients one-on-one or through her online sex education programs like Finishing School, Learn How to Orgasm, and The Modern Man's Guide to Conquering Performance Pressure, she finds immense joy in helping people discover or rediscover their spark. Head over to vmtherapy.com with all the questions you've been dying to ask. And some of them we're going to ask today. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on the program. This, I, I believe you're going to be our first episode just primarily focusing on the female orgasm. I love it. Oh, great. What an honor. <laughs> I want to know about you, though. What, what drew you to studying psychology and then going on to specialize in sex? Yeah, you know, I was interested in sex therapy before I even really fully knew what sex therapy was or even that it was a career option. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was a teenager, I remember really wanting to talk to my parents about sex. Um, You know, I had questions, all those hormones were raging, you know, a lot of curiosity. Um, But I could really sense that my parents were really nervous and embarrassed to talk about sex. And it was really an off-limits topic for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember thinking even at that age, you know, why is this so embarrassing? Does it really have to be this way? Why can't we just have a conversation about it? Um, so as I got older and you know started thinking more about my career and what I wanted to do with my life, I kept coming back to that original idea of thinking, you know, sex doesn't need to be so embarrassing. It really right. doesn't need to be that you? Who did you go talk to? Um, you know, I had to kind of create my own path in this. Um, there aren't very many people who are sex therapists out there, and there aren't a ton of programs where you can get training. Um, so I was fortunate to be able to go to a school that had an undergraduate program in it, but um, it involved a lot of kind of my own training, reading books on my own, wow. um, talking to other therapists, and you know, trying to reach out to people, and then a lot of learning just on the go with my clients as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you just decided, and this is so cool how that happened because a lot of people experience the same thing. It's like a taboo topic within your own family. Nobody wants to talk about it. The birds and the bees conversation is so awkward for everybody, you know, and their children. And it's silly, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, my parents, you know, it was it was never a topic where they explicitly said, you know, this is bad or we don't talk about it. You know, they never purposefully tried to guilt me. And we didn't right. grow up in a very religious household, so there weren't, you know, those kinds of beliefs coming in. But there was still, you know, really this pervading idea and this sense that I could pick up on even as this young child of, you know, this is something that we just really don't talk about. <laughs> and, you know, please don't ask us any questions about it. Right. We don't want to answer them. Well, why do, you, why do you think so many people are ashamed in this way to talk about it openly. 
you know, we're, we're taught that sex is taboo in our culture, um, in our society. And of course, each of us gets different messages about it. But there's absolutely, you know, even in 2016, there's this overwhelming message that, you know, sex is something that you kind of keep behind closed doors. And it's a little embarrassing. And it's very private. And, you know, we're taught to be very ashamed of our bodies, of our desires. Um, so we're just, you know, we're not even really given the opportunity to speak about sex openly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have much sex education in this country. And again, you know, we're taught that this is something that we're supposed to just keep behind closed doors and not really talk about openly. Mm-hmm. So many of us never even get the opportunity to build up that skill set. Right. So then that leads me to asking, you know, why do people come to you? Is it just because they have a lack of sex education or because they're feeling ashamed? What are the most common reasons why people seek out therapy from you? Yeah, so I see people with a really, really wide array of, you know, concerns and interests, but there are definitely overarching patterns. So for couples, the main reason is wanting to bring some excitement back into their sex lives, you know, wanting to find the spark again or have more fun with sex, be more adventurous, have sex more frequently, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, For men, it's definitely performance issues. So having problems getting hard or staying hard, uh, not being able to orgasm or orgasming too quickly. And for women, hands down, the most popular reason is wanting to learn how to orgasm. Wow. Now, see, that boggles my mind. And I knew that we were going to be talking about this today. But I, I don't, I personally, it's hard for me to understand how a woman could have trouble orgasming. And, yeah, I, and no, it's I terrible think- for me to say that, but I do, I have trouble understanding that. You know, it's a really polarizing uh, topic. I either hear from women who have the exact same sentiment as you of, you know, wow, you know, how do women not know how to do this? Um, or it's women who've, you know, n- really never had an orgasm in their life before. So it's, um, but it's, you know, much more common than you might think. I hmm. Pretty much every single woman who's ever come to me to learn how to orgasm always says the same thing. You know, I feel like I'm the only woman in the world who doesn't know how to orgasm. Um, and actually, it's really much more common than a lot of people. So is this what made you so passionate about educating people on female orgasms in particular? Yeah, so that interest um, of mine developed um, actually in response to some societal trends that I noticed. So the last, um, you know, kind of five to 10 years or so, female orgasm has been covered much more in the mainstream media. So it used to be, you know, we'd make these jokes about female orgasm, what's that? Um, You know, there really wasn't any attention paid to it. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, really started to pick up more and more attention. So you'll see a lot more, you know, magazine articles, articles online. Um, Personally, I was noticing that I was getting called for interviews about the topic much, much more often. And at first, um, I thought, you know, this is a really good thing. We're talking about this more openly. It's getting a little more attention. We're not ignoring it so much anymore. But in my sessions with my clients, I started to realize that this coverage was actually having negative consequences. So instead of feeling, you know, educated or empowered, women were telling me that they were feeling really deficient, really guilty, and like I was saying a minute ago, um, really alone if they didn't know how to orgasm. And I realized that I think it's because the coverage just hasn't been detailed enough. So we're having these kind of general articles about orgasm, but really there, there aren't any specific instructions that are there to help women learn how to orgasm. Mm -hmm. And actually, a lot of these articles really just kind of propagate some of the orgasmic myths that are out there. Oh, tell us about those. Yeah, (laughs) there are a lot of them out there. I I could go into them for uh, quite some time. but (laughs) Give um, us a couple, like the top. Yeah. (laughs) So the, the main one that I see in my practice is that women should be able to orgasm from intercourse alone. So oh, no, no, no. 
Yeah. (laughs) That bothers me. It's so common. Um, So, you know, female orgasm, it's all about the clitoris, Mm -hmm. um, which intercourse, you know, in and of itself doesn't typically stimulate that much. Um, So I like to say that, you know, expecting a woman to to orgasm from intercourse is kind of like expecting a man to orgasm from getting his testicles rubbed. So, you know, those things might feel good. They might be pretty enjoyable, but they're not, you know, anatomically, biologically what your body needs to reach orgasm. Right. Um, so, so, you know, that's the myth that personally has me the most fired up because there are just so many women out there beating themselves up for not being able to orgasm from intercourse. Well, there's you know, like the a percentage. Is that, Isn't there a percentage where it's like yeah, over yeah. 85% of women need clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm or something yeah, really the high? Yeah, are about that, you know, that uh, 20 to 30% of women can orgasm from penetration and that the other, you know, 70 to 80% uh, require direct clitoral yeah. Yeah, yeah. So looking at the majority, I know guys like statistics. So there you go, boys. There you go. (laughs) So what's another myth about a female orgasm? Another one is uh, how long it should take. So I work with a lot of women um, who, you know, expect that they should be able to orgasm in about, you know, three to five minutes. That tends to be because the male partners that they're having sex with, you know, tend to last that long. So a lot of women think that they should be operating under the same timeline mm. as men. Um, and also, actual- I think that there might be some, uh, I don't know, misconception going on or maybe judgment going on, on on behalf of men. No offense to the guys at all. But like, I know guys get annoyed if they're going down on you or something and they're there. They feel like they're there for an hour and nothing's happened yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I think that that myth definitely gets propagated a lot. So you'll see, you know, women who have sex with women tend to be much more open about this. There's, you know, a lot more space given. There's not as much of a sense of being rushed. And with, you know, women who have sex with men, definitely that tendency can pop up. And mm-hmm. it's not always a bad thing. You know, some guys have their own insecurities and anxieties too. Sure. So. A lot of times guys are, you know, they want to be able to pleasure a woman and they're trying to hold themselves back, but they know that they can't last for too long, you know, so they're trying to get there. Um, But yeah, it can definitely create this sense of pressure and unrealistic expectations. So what is the most uh, common amount of time? Is there an average amount of time that it takes? Yeah, on average, women take about 20 minutes. So that's a really rough average. There are definitely women who can orgasm in that, you know, three to five minute range. There are women who take 30 minutes, 60 minutes to reach orgasm, Mm -hmm. but kind of on average, about 20 minutes. Okay, good to know. So any more myths? Is there like maybe a third one you could give us? Yeah, so one of them is definitely um, the myth about all these different hot spots that people are always coming up with. If you open a women's magazine, there's almost every month I feel like I'm seeing something new, like the U spot and the V spot and the W spot, all these different things. So, you know, this one really ties back into what I was saying before about the clitoris, um, that, you know, the clitoris really is the center of the action, you know, for a female orgasm. Mm -hmm. And there are other spots in women's bodies that can feel really good. It doesn't mean we shouldn't try to pleasure those spots and you know spend time there but ultimately what it comes back to is the clitoris mm-hmm. all right so i want to get to this whole idea of the women who have trouble orgasming why do some women struggle with this 
So I think that um, far and away, the main reason that uh, women struggle with orgasming is that they don't have as much experience with masturbation. So not nearly as many um, women masturbate as do men. You know, we all kind of get these messages growing up that, um, you know, masturbation's wrong. It's not something that we should do. But there's definitely much more of a kind of boys will be boys type of attitude around it. Mm. So many more, you know, uh, young men end up masturbating than young women. And, you know, when you're, uh, when you masturbate, you get a chance to really, you know, learn what your body likes and what it doesn't like and, you know, figuring out where to touch yourself and how and all of that. Yeah. Well, guys and, get the uh, morning wood. So it's like they're just yeah. <laughs> automatically drawn to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, another interesting thing, too, is just the pure anatomy. So men, you know, the, the physical anatomy of their bodies, when they urinate, they have to take their penis out and touch it, you know, hold yeah. it in Yeah, yeah. All that. So they're having this, you know, skin to skin contact with their genitals multiple times a day. And women, you I know, never just thought about that. Enemies, you know, we don't have to do that. So right. I've worked with women in their 60s, 70s, even 80s who have never touched themselves before. Wow. Never. Wow. Um, so, you know, there's just not that same level of familiarity that we have with our bodies as men do. So when you work with your clients, specifically the women who have never had this experience of touching their own body, getting to know their own body or orgasming, what do you do to help them to learn how? Yeah, it's a great question. So definitely my main technique that I rely on is teaching women how to masturbate. So, you know, like I was just saying, all of that familiarity that you build with your body and, you know, learning what you like and dislike, that's the best way that you're going to learn. Um, and again, a lot of women, you know, we don't have those early experiences of kind of fiddling around and this trial and error, figuring out what feels good. And so a lot of women as adults that will come into me, they'll say, you know, yeah, okay, sure, I know I should be masturbating, but I don't know how to masturbate. So, you know, yeah, where, where do you ever see instructions about right. here's how to masturbate? You know, it's just not something that we ever get taught how to do. And then all these women feel, um, you know, all this self-judgment around, oh, my God, I'm 26 or 36 or 46, and I don't know how to masturbate. What's wrong with me? Um, so that's why it was really important for me, you know, with finishing school, my online orgasm course for women, to just get into lots of detail and give very specific instructions for how to masturbate. Wow. And see, so, yeah, it's not just this vague, you know, okay, go touch yourself and figure out what feels good. It's really specific techniques that you're going through, different, you know, strokes to use, different positions Ooh. to have your body in, different things to be thinking, you know, mentally to kind of keep yourself uh, that mind body connection going. Wow. Um, so there are lots and lots of different techniques. Um, so I really wanted to get down into the nitty gritty and give women details rather than yeah. just kind of vague, unhelpful advice. Now, I imagine this would be helpful for the men as well to see how good stimulation on a woman works. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there are a lot of men out there. I mean, I think we don't give men enough credit. I do think there are a lot of men out there who, you know, they really do want to learn how to please their partners and, um, you know, want to know more. And there's just, you know, there aren't a ton of resources for people uh, about sex in general. So, you know, part of my course um, involves teaching your partner, you know, what it is that you like and kind of going mm -hmm. through some of these explorations with them so they have that chance to learn about your body yeah. too. Hey, everybody. Speaking of sex resources, I'd love to take a break right now and introduce you to one. And it's specifically for the men out there, since we were just talking about the guys. It's called Erect On Demand. And it's for you guys out there who may struggle with erectile dysfunction. Maybe you have trouble getting it up in bed. Maybe you come too fast. Um, I worked with the company. They tend to do edgier 
approaches to their marketing. So they gave me some copy and I produced an ad for them for this episode of NOL. I had a ton of fun doing this one. I'm sure you're going to have as much fun listening to it. Uh, I was cracking up when I put it into, when I popped it into the episode. But uh, the entire mission behind Erect On Demand is to help men. So uh, I encourage you guys, if you are struggling with this, to check it out. EODNOL.com for a special deal for NOL listeners. Enjoy the ad. Take it from me. Long, thick erections don't just happen. They need to be nurtured, not whipped into shape. That's why I tell my lovers about Erect On Demand. EOD is a revolutionary new way for men to increase their length, girth, and stamina without talking to their doctor. There are no weird tools, pumps, or products. Plus, it guarantees his satisfaction and mine. Get your head in the game, boys. Stop worrying about your performance issues, okay? All men have them. But only sexy guys take the bull by the horns and take action. Go to EODNOL.com and discover the secret to a thriving manhood and be my kind of man. Hmm. EODNOL.com. And now back to the show. Hope you can pay attention. I think a myth that I've seen too with regard to this is that like a lot of guys think that every girl is the same and not every girl is going to respond to the same kind of stimulation or pissing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I have a lot of clients who will tell me, oh, you know, my boyfriend says he's never had a problem with this before and Mm. he's always been able to make his girlfriends in the past orgasm. And, you know, it's definitely an unhelpful comment to make. I do not recommend saying something like that to your partner. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's absolutely true for women and for men alike. We're all different. We all have different parts of our bodies that like being touched in different ways. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. And it also changes by the day. Oh, of course. Yeah. You you could say that that's another myth, too, that, you know, a lot of a lot of times people will come to me and they want to have this, you know, very specific, uh, almost optimized, like life hacked um, trick for getting to orgasm. And I have to tell them, you know, it's it's different every day. Our bodies are not optimized. Our bodies are not machines. They don't respond the same way, you know, every single time. Totally. So one day you may have that orgasm within three to five minutes and the next day it may take you an hour. Absolutely. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And the orgasms themselves can change so much too. So, you know, one day it might be having to peel yourself off the ceiling, you know, blow your socks off orgasm. (laughs) And the next day it's kind of like a, you know, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Well, that's actually a great segue because I wanted to ask you, are there different kinds of orgasms and what are they? Yeah, that's a great topic as well. So this is still being debated by scientists and researchers, and there definitely is not enough uh, attention being paid to female orgasm in general. So unfortunately, I don't know if we'll have a very concrete scientific Um, you know, clear decision on this one. But at the moment, most scientists and researchers agree that there really only is one type of orgasm. Um, And, you know, I think this comes back to some of those orgasmic myths, too, this belief that women should be able to orgasm from penetration alone. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a belief that orgasms from penetration are somehow better or more sophisticated than clitoral orgasms. And, you know, we don't do this kind of classification with male orgasm. I just right? made a total stink face when you said that, too. I was like, better? That's, yeah, the, that's yeah. more superior? <laughs> what? Who's saying this? <laughs> you know? That belief actually dates way back to, you know, even Freud's time. Oh, of course there it was, does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go way back with that one. We'll just move so, past that. Yeah, yeah. So there's not, a, again, not a clear answer, but it seems clear that it's, 
you know, it's one type of orgasm. There might be different spots on the body, you know, that feel good or that enjoy being stimulated, but it's not like there's this classification system of orgasms that are... So better. it's not like it's it's like happening in different places. Like, you know, you get the orgasm based on the clitoral stimulation and you feel it in a certain spot. Then when it, when your G spot is touched, then you feel it in another spot. Yeah, it's not this direct A to B type of relation. I mean, you can definitely have different types of orgasms. Like you might have an orgasm that feels like it's very centralized right around your clitoris. Mm-hmm. And then another day you might have one that feels like it's kind of washing over your whole body. Yeah. So they can feel different, but... Um, but again, it's not that they're different orgasms or that, you know, one's better than the other or anything like right. that. So let's talk about sex toys. I want to jump into that because I know a lot of women who use vibrators on a regular basis. What is your viewpoint on vibrators? Are they a good way for women to masturbate or should they be using their hands? How do you teach them in your course? Yeah, I think that vibrators can be a great tool to use. I mean, they, you know, the reality of a vibrator is it can give you a type of stimulation that just is not possible any other way. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be much more intense um, and, you know, just a a great experience. So part of the course, um, part of the, you know, registration fee is that you get one of my favorite vibrators um, with the program. So I think it can be a great thing for somebody who's never had an orgasm um, to just try using a vibrator. It can be a little bit easier sometimes can feel a little less intimidating for some women to just kind of try it out right. explore it, you know right. see what it feels like instead of that skin to skin like you were talking about yeah yeah so what is can you mention the the vibrator of choice Absolutely. Yeah. I love this toy. It's the company is called Mina Life and they're based in San Francisco. And this specific toy is called the Limon. So I'm not affiliated with this company. I always feel like I have to say that because I gush so much about it. But I'm not affiliated. <laughs> Maybe with you should I, be. <laughs> yeah. It's a great toy for beginners. It's, um, it's, fits really nicely into the hand. And the coolest thing about it is that it has um, what's called a squeezable control. So on some, most vibrators, you'll see they're either, you know, kind of buttons or weird knobs and you're, you know, spending most of the time fiddling with, how do I turn this on? And like cycling through the patterns and all this stuff. So it can be really distracting. I was just going to say, it takes you away from the whole experience. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, with this toy, all that you do is uh, you squeeze it. And the harder you squeeze it, the more it vibrates. the lighter you touch it, you know, the lighter the vibrations mm. get. So it's much more intuitive. And I've had a, a lot of women who've never had an orgasm, you know, give me really great feedback about, I was, you know, I was kind of nervous about using a vibrator for the first time, but this just felt so natural, so intuitive, so easy to use. That's awesome. So I highly recommend that for anybody who is uh, looking to get their first vibrator. Now, I like how you said it was natural, that the feedback coming to you was that it was natural, because mm-hmm. it's, it's my understanding, and maybe this is another myth, that if you use a vibrator too often that it's going to desensitize you to the real thing. Yeah. So this is a really great thing to clear up too. So I think a lot of people have a fear that vibrators can even get addicting. I hear mm-hmm. that question all the time. You're like you can't it. orgasm unless you're using one. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, you definitely cannot get addicted to a vibrator. You're not going to become dependent on it or anything like that. Um, If you're using a vibrator very frequently, you know, daily or multiple times a day, and if you're using it at um, the highest settings, so there are some vibrators out there, uh, you know, the Hitachi Magic Wand, that thing is like a back massager, you know, it's really powerful. Um, Is that really necessary? You know? (laughs) For some women it is. Some women love having that amount of pressure. But, But the point is that if you're using it, you know, really often in a ton of, um, of stimulation and pressure, 
then you can get your clitoris temporarily desensitized. So some women will report that they feel um, like a numbness around their clitoris or their labia. Um, Some women feel a little bit of a tingling sensation. Um, So that's a sign that your clitoris is, the nerves are just overloaded. But again, it's a temporary thing. If you tuck the vibrator into your bedside table for a couple of days, everything will go back to normal and, you know, you'll still be able to orgasm in other ways. So it's not that it, you know, it's definitely not that it's going to prevent you from orgasming in other ways or you're going to get, you know, addicted to it. Nothing like that. Okay. But that's actually good to know that it can temporarily make you feel numb and and mess with your nerve endings. Yeah. I mean, you know, the clitoris is really sensitive. There are a ton of nerve endings packed into this, you know, very small little area. So some women, you know, again, do like that intensity and that, you know, that level of sensation. um, And that's great, but you just have to be a little bit careful. You know, if you ever notice any sort of numbing, tingling, you know, weird, funny sensation, just, just put it away for a few days and Mm -hmm. and that. Yeah. So for the women who are having trouble having an orgasm, they're with their partner, you're dealing with a couple in your room, in your office. Um, how do you deal with the man side of things? Let's say the guy starts to feel some kind of way about the fact that she's having trouble coming to orgasm, and he's starting to feel like it's his fault. How do you get the guy over this performance pressure issue? I know you have an online course about it. Yeah, this is a great topic as well. Um, So, you know, I think that what this really comes down to is is all of us feel a certain level of anxiety about sex. You know, we all want to feel like we're good in bed, you know, we're good partners, all of that. And, you know, that's great in and of itself, but I think um, a lot of that anxiety can get put onto orgasm in particular. And it can create a lot of pressure and expectation, um, you know, on the woman. And it can be on the man, too. It can go both ways. So I think this really opens up, you know, this larger question about all of us, regardless of our gender or our sexual orientation, you know, how do we treat our partner's orgasms? And I think that really the best approach is for us to kind of take a step back and to focus on pleasure rather than on orgasm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, orgasms are great. They're fantastic. Nobody's denying that. But the reality is that they're, you know, 10 to 30 seconds of what could be, you know, an hour's long encounter with your partner. So if you're just focusing on the orgasm itself, you're missing out on all these other opportunities to make your partner feel good. So if you focus more generally just on trying to make your partner feel pleasure, you're going to make your partner feel better because, you know, you're pleasuring them and and, uh, you're taking that pressure away from them to have an orgasm and to kind of perform for you in a certain way. And you're also going to make yourself feel a lot better, too, because you can get a lot more feedback and for a much longer amount of time about, you know, the fact that you're making your partner feel good. So not making it goal oriented. Like we're coming into this with the goal that we're both going to come, you know, like that whole thing. Um, Yeah, just being much more flexible about it. I mean, obviously, you know, we all want to feel good. We all want to feel as good as possible. It's not like we're just, you know. And there's nothing wrong with having a quickie just for that reason. (laughs) You're both horny and you just want to do that. Yeah. That's totally fine. But I like this. Yeah, being more flexible. Yeah. And I like what you're saying, too, about um, spending time, because I would imagine that that ties into building intimacy and getting the spark back into relationships that have kind of, I don't know, gone dull. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are all in such a rush these days. You know, we're all doing a million things at a time. We have um, almost this masochism about being, you know, so busy all the time. Mm -hmm. And that really goes into the bedroom. You know, couples are, they just, you know, they're not making the time to have sex. 
they're rushing the sex in and of itself. And we're really missing the point of, you know, like you just said, sometimes it's great to have a quickie and just, you know, have that fast orgasm. Um, but, you know, sex is one of the main ways that we connect with our partners, that we, you know, show them that we care about them and that we are, you know, there in the moment with them. So it's such a fun activity that, you know, why do we need to, to rush it so much? We yeah. really should spend more time and just enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a human mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing bad about it, so we should enjoy it. Um, of course, safely, right? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. So what are some resources that you provide besides your online courses, which I, by the way, encourage everybody to check out um, on Vanessa's website. Once again, it's vmtherapy.com. But what, what are some other resources that you suggest for listeners who either it's a female who, you know, she'd love to learn how to orgasm or for the guys who want to jump in there as well? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely come check me out at my website. Um, You can find out about some of my programs for women and ones for men. Um, I also have a great newsletter that you can sign up for for free where I send out a ton of sex tips and advice and I answer readers' questions. I also do a lot of giveaways for sex toys and um, yeah, free enrollment in my program. So it's it's definitely fun. Um, Right now, I actually have a free workshop um, about orgasm. It's kind of an introduction to, to female orgasm that you can sign up for right on my homepage, you know, towards the bottom of the page. Um, That's for women, but also for men, if you want to just kind of find out a little bit more about this and kind of get a sense of what your partner might be going through. It's definitely a great resource um, for the guys out there as well. I love it. Vanessa, I'm so glad that you came on to dispel the myths regarding female orgasms for both the ladies and the guys out there. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to be on. I appreciate you having me. And everybody, once again, please go to vmtherapy.com. Reach out to Vanessa. Get involved. Get on the newsletter. I'm going to do the same. And also, Vanessa has been gracious enough to offer a special discount for NOL listeners only for $100 off of her finishing school program. So go to her website. When you check out, use the code NOL. Get $100 off courtesy of Nothing Off Limits. Thanks again, Vanessa. Thanks so much, Michelle. Coming up next week on Nothing Off Limits, dog trainer David Edelstein of the nonprofit organization Team Pitiful comes on the program to talk about bully breeds and specifically pit bulls. I am so tired of people not understanding this sweet breed. So you're going to learn a lot and I can't wait for it. Until next time, have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits. Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, Please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.